Hello everyone, in today's episode I'm joined with Vicky and, and, and Vicky um, and, and is going to be speaking about autism today and uh, as she has a, a son that has autism as well and and she's also um, quite new to the Monty School Council as well where, where uh, we've spoken about a few people have come on speaking about the Monty School Council uh, so it's, it's quite nice to see a, a new person added to the team. So thank you Vicky for joining me today. That's my absolute pleasure Mason, thank you for having me. Yeah. It's going to be a really nice chat because uh, I know we only met, uh, I think it was two weeks ago, I think it was. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, we're, but, we're new to yeah, each other, yeah. but we have lots of things in common, don't we? Definitely. Like, um, and the, the main, the first thing that we have in common is the multi-schools council, like you said, and uh, I've recently become a, an adult ambassador for the multi-schools council, but I've been following what the multi-schools council has been doing for quite a long time. I first... I first came across uh, Kieran oh, a good couple of years ago. He was speaking at a conference that I attended and I was really impressed and fascinated by the work that he does with the young people of Essex. And, uh, and his passion really came across. And uh, since then, I've followed what you guys have been doing. Um, and I've worked alongside Kieran in, uh, in various projects locally in North East Essex because I volunteer for a parent support group which is called Colchester Parent Support and we're based in uh, sort of the area around Colchester and one of the things that, that we do is we attend various meetings with oh gosh things like the, the, uh, the the CCGs are, are who, who organises the NHS and, and who commissions services and also Essex County Council Education and Social Care and so Kieran attends lots of those meetings to represent the voice of young people and myself and, and other representatives of parent groups uh, attend to represent the, group, the, the views and experiences of families as well as their young people, but for, for most, um, it's it's about representing parents. Um, and so we've sort of met a, a lot of these meetings and we seem to have a very similar, similar wavelength and have very similar ideas that, that I'm there to represent the views of parents because there are lots of parents who need to speak for their children. And my first ever job that I ever did all going back a long, long time, hundreds of years ago, when I was first out of college and university, was advocacy for young people. And uh, I worked for a charity called Mind. This is about back in Wales, where I used to live. Um, and so the idea of, in, of enabling people to speak for themselves has always been at the centre of every job or all the work that I've ever done, whether that's voluntary work or paid work or, or whatever. And so for me, young people being heard is so, so important. But one of the reasons that I've volunteered to, to become a, a, an ambassador is because my little boy who has autism has no voice. He doesn't speak. Um, and so I think it's really important that there are also parent representatives to be able to get across the experience. Even if I'm not speaking for my son, I can relate his kind of experience. Uh, and I think that that's also really important as well, that that, that voice or that experience is also in the mix. 
So that's how we've got to meet each other, isn't it? Is that we're working on a, a as part of the autism uh, working group, Multi Schools Council, and I heard that you do podcasts, and you heard that I'm a bit of a chatterbox <laughs> and like to talk to people, and so that's how we ended up being here today, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like with Multi Schools Council. I think it's brilliant that uh, like. Like, like it offers lots of people like support like maybe when they like they, they didn't get that at school maybe when they were younger but it is I think it's a very good way to like meet new people as well I know that uh, well I know I haven't met anyone this year <laughs> so far um, no um, all our worlds yeah. have got quite small haven't they this last year it's been really hard hasn't it yeah it is uh, I think it's been a tough year but I, I, I tend to look at the, the good uh, good things about what's happened not also the bad things although there's been a fair few bad things but I, I look at maybe uh, I wouldn't have a podcast probably I wouldn't know what one was or probably not started one if a pandemic didn't start but so that's a plus side for me and like I find it helpful to speak to people like you see them face to face as well which does help Absolutely. Well, aren't we lucky that we have this amazing technology that you and I are in two different places and we're able to see each other and talk to each other and have a conversation and then record that and share that with all kinds of people all over the place. So, I mean, that's one of the positive things out of this this horrible situation that the whole world is in, is that we are at a time in history where we have these technologies that as much as we can't be together, we can still connect we can still share, we can still talk and listen and find the things that we have in common and hopefully find ways of accepting the differences that we all have. Um, and I'm, I'm loving the fact that we have this opportunity, all of us, to make use of these technologies to, well, to do what we can't do in real life. Yeah, I think there's so much spare time that now because of what's happened, uh, like, I don't think like like a podcast, uh, uh, like uh, especially like the Mike School Council podcast as well. So so many they do take time, uh, they, like they do take time to do. And I think if things ever they say that like like that there was no pandemic, there was no virus. Uh, I don't, I think that would be very hard to do, especially yes. when, when you're going to be quite more busy than. You are now Absolutely. when you have that time. Well, this technology allows us to be more productive, doesn't it? And you know, for, for example, somebody who attends lots of meetings, they don't have to spend time traveling from one place to another to another. Um, and it means that you can get people together who aren't necessarily local. You can have a meeting, but it's got people coming from all over the world or all over the country, all coming together to share ideas and discuss things. So in some ways, that's another of the positives that's come out of this horrid pandemic is the fact that actually by working remotely, it means that you can tie people together that well, normally wouldn't meet. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. Another positive that I found that's that's come out of COVID and the pandemic and being at home is that um, even though my little boy, uh, Toby, who's eight, you don't know him he attends a special school and he has an EHCP so he could have gone to school the whole time but because of various health risks within our family he stayed at home for a long time 
And while in some ways that was horrid because he loves school and he thrives there and they are brilliant for him, it meant that I, as his mum, got to spend every minute of his waking life with him for months. And, <laughs> and I haven't done that since he was a tiny baby. You know, since he started going to nursery when he was sort of, you know, three. I've, I've never spent this amount of concentrated time just with him. Um, and, you know, his dad is around and he's, you know, he's working, but working, you know, very busily on the computer. Um, so I've had months of being with him. And the connection and the communication that he's learned has been fantastic so his capacity to follow instructions to understand routines and rhythms and things has jumped up because it's just him and just me and the routines and rhythms are the same all of the time and so he's learned to be able to listen to various things and and whereas before I was I was having to use visuals you know photo cards and signing and speech for lots of things that are motivating for him <laughs> i haven't had to use it. it's just verbal or he knows that this time of day it's time to do do a specific thing and so his understanding has really increased and i'm that's really that's really lovely and my ability to have that time with him because there was a very long time until toby was probably four he didn't like being touched and he didn't like being cuddled and he wasn't affectionate and uh, he didn't want, you know, snuggles at bedtime and things like that. Uh, and that was very hard, for, you know, for me as a mum. Uh, that was very, very painful, actually. And, and that's gradually changed since it's, it's about four years old. And now with this extra time that we've had at home, oh my goodness, he's the most affectionate, cuddly, snuggly, all his eye contact has massively improved and increased and he seems much more comfortable to be close uh, and he's even started giving me kisses on the face which is just oh, heaven <laughs> but what, yes i must get too giddy but uh, it's fantastic and and so that closeness of proximity just wouldn't have happened had it not been for this this awful pandemic and while of course i wish it had never happened because of all the horrible effects of it for so many people. Um, I'm very grateful that I've had that lovely, lovely experience with my little boy. And, and it's really put me in mind of thinking about how, how he experiences the world. And I know I spoke to you before we, we started uh, recording today about yeah. what we might talk about. And, and while I don't want to interview you, Mason, because this is your podcast, um, I was really fascinated to have an opportunity to talk to somebody who has autism yeah. and who has the capacity to talk about their experience of autism. And I know that that will be different to Toby's experience of autism. Yeah, of course, yeah. Quite different. But I just wondered if, if by chatting to you, it might give me as a parent to him some insight about how it feels to be autistic how how the world is feels different to you or how it feels the same because as i as i sort of chatted to you earlier i have to be miss marple and i have to guess and you know when toby's doing something that i think is a bit unusual or a bit strange 
I have to sort of try doing it myself and think, well, what is he he's getting out of this? Yeah. What, what is the sensory feedback? That why is he enjoying this so much when it's quite unusual? Um, you know, well, why does he like this type of food? And think about how does he feel? How how is he maybe experiencing it? So, I just wondered if you could sort of tell us a little bit about, or tell me and and anybody else who's listening, because. I think I don't think I'm alone as a parent in really just wondering what does my child think? Yeah. How does my child feel? Um, well, I was uh, um, diagnosed when I was nine, and that was a long time ago. Well, because <laughs> I'm 19 now. But, well, I, just, I remember slightly when I was getting diagnosed with autism. And I remember I had to go to Great Ormond Street Hospital where they, I had to do lots of tests, don't remember everything. But then I get done to get diagnosed with autism, and I think for parents, that that is a tough kind of decision if you're going to tell a child they got autism because I know some don't. They wait till they're a bit older, but I got told at that time, uh, well, well, when I was young, and by going into school, uh, I, I first of all was at mainstream school. Um, that didn't work out for me because teachers like with my autism at that point I wouldn't say so say uh, we're doing some work in class and everyone else is getting it right and I'm and I don't have a clue I, I would just sit there and guess and if I get asked if I need help I'll just say I'm doing fine because I don't want other people in the class to think that maybe I'm dumb or, or anything like that so and like like teachers or like the, the form tutor in that year would say I'm doing fine I'm doing perfectly fine with all my work and I wasn't because I was getting work was too high for me and eventually I did end up moving to Marksfield School where um like where the kind of my school council would say started from there um so I, I was there and I'm much better because lots of teachers do understand you understand autism um and they helped me quite a lot there so I, I had a much better time there but from my autism I'd say well when I was younger like my, I didn't have any confidence I would think autism was a bad thing I, I would think that uh, um, it's not good to have it but I'd probably get down for having it but but nowadays I I, I say to myself it's, it's good to have autism because although there's all sorts of autisms some of them where where, where can't speak um well and then there are some where you can speak but even though even if you can speak it's uh still hard to explain autism because very hard to explain because it, it's very different for everybody and also m- my autism won't be the same as toby's autism but we may have some similarities like I, I remember you saying that he he like when he was younger he didn't like to touch people he, he kind of liked own space and that, 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 that's a similarity with me because I'm not a very touchy person and I like I would say you have to get to know me to like if normally in my like I would hug my family I, I hug my mum and dad but I, I wouldn't be as affectionate <laughs> in a way like Toby isn't as well but I yeah, so it's just stuff like that I would like my own space uh, 
so, so if someone's eating around the table and you know when they bash the forks but up and down make someone made that really loud yeah, racket yeah. I, I don't like that so I have to move away and it, it, it to me it's like you know a chalkboard where we're putting the chalk on the board it's like that big scrape that's what it's like to me so I think that's one of the things that that's a beautiful example actually of, of, of what I often hear not always parents of children with autism and sometimes it's parents but just people when they say oh my child doesn't like that and it's more than doesn't like it isn't it it's it's like you said it's almost painful yeah when you don't like something it's not just oh i dislike this it's like ooh, it shivers down my spine it makes the hair stand on my, up on my neck and you know yeah. you just makes me squirm. It's it's even more than that sometimes, isn't and it? I know people do make noise when they eat, but in my mind I'm saying, hang on, I'm not making any noise here when I'm eating. Maybe a little gentle scrape, hardly, I can't really hear it. But and then I hear someone else says, hang on, have you made so much noise? It's like you're banging on the food on the plate. <laughs> you got to break the plate in a minute, but. Uh, that is one it's thing interesting, I isn't know. it? How our, how sensitivities are very different. Because that's one of the things that you said you said just there that made me think. Hmm, was when you said I make noises when I eat, but you don't perceive those as loud noises. Now I'm not trying to put you on the spot here, Mason, but yeah. we all make noises when we speak. And I think it's one of those things that I've noticed about Toby is, you know, he's the loudest person in the room. But he's really sensitive to other people making noise, and I think sometimes that's that's quite common, isn't it? Do you think yeah. that's that's common yeah. to a lot of autistic people? Yeah, I think that um, like I do, uh, like I know we, we all make noise, and that's part of humans, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. we got to make noise. Some but... of us are noisier than others. It's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah, but like I know, like autism everyone is different and everyone has their different ways of doing things like I like another thing with mine like like, like now like I have more confidence um that's why I'm a part of the motorcycle camps <laughs> but um like I think part of that like I think recently doing a confidence building program as well and that was the second time it started and hopefully it will continue future and maybe when things are much better going to schools and do it again but for, through that it's like me me and, and Charlie uh, who is another amb- ambassador for the Mighty School Council who did it like I remember at school it, even when I started going to marketing school my confidence wasn't entirely the best but like throughout the years my confidence has gone better so I'll be I'm more happy to speak about autism so I wouldn't be more ashamed of it and what I say is that well even though we're all different it's, it's good that we're all different with autism because we don't want to be the same do we like uh like it'd be a bit boring, boring wouldn't it? <laughs> be a bit boring same yeah. and who would be who is this perfect person that we should all be like anyway yeah. I think I just again I don't want to probe you with loads of questions Mason so either don't answer or say I don't want to but when you said that you weren't confident, what was your lack of confidence about? Was it about anxiety? Was it about not wanting to stand out from the crowd? People not wanting to, um, not wanting people to make judgments about you, or just wanting to be alone, be be separate? Was, what I was think, it about you? I think like I didn't want to be like judged 
that maybe if I did say an answer in class and I didn't know who it was and I like I was afraid maybe people would laugh at an answer I'd given or I'd say no teacher said no it's wrong and everyone else around the class is knowing what they're doing getting on with the work and knowing all the answers like but I, I would kind of be lost there but I think that that's one of the reasons I did go as well to Marketfield to make new friends as well because I would say at mainstream school I didn't really have many there I had maybe uh, one or two maybe but like teachers wouldn't really understand me really and I remember one time I tried to go to the library and for lunchtime and I did and I, I was there for about 10 minutes and hang on no one's turning up so I went back to the class saying I thought we we're going to the library and then they said no so there was com- some confusion there with like com- communication and then I ended up having they said you had to have a detention and I had a conversation with the head of the year and his attitude wasn't very good it wasn't very nice and he, he kind of said you have to go to detention I said why when I got told to go to the library am I getting detention is there's obviously a lack of communication and then he ends up saying I'll let you off this time and then shortly luckily I was only at like my moment of school a year so I'd say from year seven to like halfway through year seven kind of January time going into year eight I ended up joining Marketfield School and it's probably the best thing that's happened and because lots of people are very understanding there and like what I think what should happen in every school even mainstream that some everyone should at least the teachers do should have a some understanding of autism because like it would be much easier on everyone if like some knew what autism was. It's not just about making it easier for people who have autism or are, or are autistic. It's about making things easier for everybody because while while autism is a you know can be a really significant uh, you know thing for somebody to have to deal with children struggle with self-confidence and all children struggle with not knowing everything because if they knew everything they would need to go to school would they (laughs) so everybody in school is learning stuff and especially young children they're also learning about who they are and you know what are the rules and why are rules different from home and school and there's so much kids have got to learn at school and I I absolutely agree with you that a hugely important starting point in trying to make the world a better place is to make schools more accepting and inclusive of all children whether that's a difference because of autism or ADHD or a difference in culture it doesn't matter what their difference is they need to be included and they need to be respected and their difference needs to be accommodated doesn't it and I think you're absolutely right that that's really really important and that starting point is I don't put the blame on teachers and I don't hold teachers responsible for everything that happens but they have such a unique opportunity don't they teachers are well brilliant teachers are the most inspiring people you're going to ever meet and i think that every person that i've ever met always has a really strong memory of a teacher and hopefully that's because they've they've had a teacher that's really inspired them and been amazing and done things for and with them that have made a huge lasting memory for them But unfortunately, there are lots of people who have horrible experiences of teachers or of being at school. 
And I, I think that there is this opportunity that, you know, most people go to school. I know there are lots of people who don't for various reasons, but most people will go through school. And while young people's minds are, the proper term is plastic, and I don't mean the plastic, I mean growing and absorbing information and constantly changing and evolving. That's the opportunity that we have as a society or as adults to change the future of our culture is by teaching our children how to think critically and think openly and explore differences and problem solve and work out things. I think um, with like everyone with autism that like some people processing faster, some people processing things slower. Like with me, I could probably like because I'm I'm quite into my football. And Doctor, you would probably say from the tardis behind. <laughs> uh, yeah, I but, did uh, notice yeah. that. My yeah. niece, who is also on the autistic spectrum, uh, I don't know about so much now, but she's a massive Doctor Who fan. Uh, and I learned quite quickly that the only way I could really have a lovely conversation with my gorgeous niece Ruby when she was a lot younger was I had to learn all about Doctor Who because <laughs> that was her obsession. That was her favourite subject. And if I phoned her up and had a chat about anything, it would be very fragmented. It wouldn't last very long because it wasn't interesting enough for her. Uh, I Maybe think... Doctor Who, oh, chat uh, for ages. <laughs> I, I, I think with like having autism, you have those by linked into your hobbies where you're, you're very mm. interested in something. And like to someone who maybe doesn't have autism and you're speaking about the same thing maybe to them all the time, in their minds they're thinking why you keep talking about the same thing um it maybe doesn't interest them but like for us like i I could speak about football autism all all day long (laughs) to to, to, to someone else i I, I could talk about autism and you know i I, i'm i'm not on the autistic spectrum myself but so it's not because of being autistic that somebody has an obsession and i hate it when people call it obsessions because it's not it's just your passion yeah most people have passions about something or other or lots of passions you know and and you know those those people tend to be the most interesting people of all in my experience anyway the people that are the really passionate ones are the people that have got something to say you know <laughs> I, 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 I do i do agree because like i think we kind of link those words like obsessions with passion like uh like like you could say about like anything you're interested in like that might be just be a program that you continue to watch on telly but like like, like me with football uh, i could talk about that quite for a long time and like memorize the table but i think that's like with anything like it, it may be a lesson you're not entirely it's not your best maybe you know, maybe not the best of it but but, but that's okay because like it's, it's very i think it's very important for like teachers to understand understand you and because uh, everyone's going to be different everyone works a different kind of way like someone else in the class maybe is a, a wizard english and uh maybe i'm not as good maybe i struggle more with maths but it's it, i think it takes time because i think once you try and you like you keep trying on that certain subject you'll get better at it and like like anything it takes time if you have autism or not but you maybe just need a little bit more help and also i think this i would imagine this applies to anybody regardless of whether they have autism or not but you know we get more pleasure from the things that that we enjoy don't we so why on earth wouldn't we want to do more of that (laughs) 
why on earth would we want to spend time doing things that, you know, that cause our brain to get all excited and, and energized, you know? Um, and I think that it's really, it's, I think this is where I would love the education system to change a bit more, is that I would really love it if the, the it's a bit of a, a wish list, I suppose, in a way, but I wish school systems were a bit more flexible, that it enabled young people to spend more time doing the things that they are good at, that they're enthusiastic about, that they're motivated by, so that, and not have to always do the boring stuff because we don't all need to know everything, you know, to, to get through life. I, I, there are lots of things that I had to learn at school that I will probably never apply in my life ever again. And that doesn't mean that there wasn't, you know, there wasn't important for me to like dip my toe into those things. But I do think that sometimes young people are expected to learn stuff that who needs to know that stuff anymore? We live in a very different world to the one when the education system was first devised. We, you know, what we're preparing young people for in school is for the rest of their lives. We want them to be able to know what they need to know, but also we need to teach them how to just find stuff out that they don't know. Do not think you have to know everything and then what you learn in school is it. You learn for the rest of your life. So I'd much rather children left school feeling confident, enthusiastic, useful, you know, and that they, they know how to find stuff out. So when they come up across something that they need to know about, oh, I know how to learn. I know how to do the learning, not it's all crushed in my brain already. Does that make sense, Mason? Yeah. Do, yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? <laughs> I think, yeah. yeah, I think it does make sense, yeah. But I think I think that's a good thing about autism that like like in just in general like you're gonna learn things every day. Like I learn still learn things, even though I've left school. Uh, but I learn things on the podcast as well, hearing about different things that I maybe not too sure about and that's the thing, that's why it helps people and like I know it's very hard for everyone to speak about autism because it's just very hard to speak about. I, I, I've had to explain it before to people that who, who, who haven't got it. But I do think it's good to where you find those people who do want to learn about it. And it, it may have, it may be no interest to them because it may not impact their life. But it's still good to see people who do help out in the autism community if they have autism or not. I, th- I agree with you absolutely. But I think it's one of the things that I find really interesting is that I think actually all our lives are impacted by autism in different ways. And so for some people, your life is impacted by autism because you you are autistic, and there's a range of different experiences there. But I think also that culturally we're all impacted by autism in the sense of some of the greatest inventors in history some of the greatest artists in history are were autistic or are autistic some of the brainiest brightest trailblazers that are, that are around now I'm not just talking about historical figures but some of the people who are changing the world that we live in right now Greta Thunberg Bill Gates you know some of the people who massively impact all of our worlds all of our lives culturally are autistic so actually autism affects everybody 
but you might not realise it. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that I, I love about autism is it, it, its impact is not always obvious. Um, and, you know, there are lots of things I wish I could make different for my little boy. I wish, I wish he could talk. I would love to hear mummy. For a child to call me mummy, I do very occasionally get a mum, 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 which is just like, well, magic to my ears. But for him to be able to talk would be, would mean that his autism wasn't as disabling as it is. And of course I'd love that. Of course I'd change that. Um, and there is lots of stresses and strains of being a parent to a child who struggles as much as, as he does. Um, and it does restrict how we can live our lives, not just because of the pandemic. In a funny way, it's not changed our lives very much because <laughs> you know, we were very restricted to where we could go as a family before the pandemic anyway, because of tacky sensitivities. But um, <laughs> there are lots of things that have autism has made my life richer because of and you know it's it's the simplest joys in life i think so often so many people spend so much time worrying about the things that they've already done and fearing the things that are going to come um and toby just is in the moment he doesn't worry about anything that's ever happened before bless his little heart we had to do a covid test at the weekend um and of course he absolutely hated it and it was awful it was horrid and we had to hold him still and swab his nose and he absolutely hated it but 10 seconds later he does it's gone he doesn't he, he was absolutely fine we were more <laughs> oh that was horrid that was really upsetting you know my poor husband and i we were sort of traumatized by Tony didn't give a monkeys because he was done it was you know he, we've done now um, and he, he lives in the moment and he is just whatever it is he's doing at this moment in time that's all that matters uh, and and I think that's a gift to sort of you know I spoke to you earlier and I said I'd really love it if I could speak to autistic people and get an understanding of what it is to be autistic so that I can perhaps understand my little boy better so that I can be as good a parent to him as I possibly can but he teaches me so much about just joy, just being joyful, you know, and, you know, going on a swing when he's on a swing. It's the best thing in the entire world. I think and he um, teaches me that I need to put more time and effort into doing things that just bring me joy. Just do stuff, do stuff that makes you happy. I think that's a good lesson. <laughs> I think what does come off a lot of autism is like maybe a person maybe like would like presume that someone with more like needs or such uh, who maybe looks a bit more autistic like I know that comes off a lot like you you don't look like you're autistic like it's been said to me in the past but like, like my answer to that is what does it look like you're autistic or like like I know some people may, may look like they are like more like also autistic in a way because of how they look but I don't think it should be that way because although maybe I'm not as severe as another person that has autism I still have autism I still have my different ways but maybe I don't I don't tell everybody I don't tell everyone about it but if you listen to this podcast you'll know I have autism <laughs> but um yeah that's interesting you say that actually because Toby 
you know Toby's autistic. Anybody's living any time in the near vicinity of Toby knows he's autistic. And it's it's really curious because in some ways that makes life easier for yeah. him and for us. Because people go you don't have to sort of explain because it's so apparent, it's so obvious. Um and, and it does make life a little bit easier because people go oh okay they're not just terrible parents letting their child pl- play with a tablet because they're in a busy place you know or, you're not a scummy mummy you know it's like, oh he's autistic he's struggling to be in the world he's struggling to be around other people and he's got this device so that he can you know shut some of it out people kind of do that thinking for themselves because they can see that he has a difference and i think that in some respects i don't know i sort of joke I joke with I joke with people and forgive me if this is massively insensitive, but I almost wish there was a badge to wear or a secret signal or something so that you don't have to explain. You I, don't have to I, say, oh, I have autism or my child has autism. I just wish there was a way that people obviously it'd be better if people just weren't judgmental. Yeah. That'll make but, everything easier. But I think that's a tall order. <laughs> but, the, but, um, but there are these like, um, but the, I would say badges like, um, um, the, the, there are these like things that you can wear around your neck, and it kind of says you're lanyard. Yeah, lanyard. Yeah, lanyard. Like people wear them. Yeah, lanyard. Then they have like, so it says you have autism, so you don't explain it. But I wouldn't thought it like, like it's still hard. Like, like I know, like on. I think I suppose that's a good thing in a way with Toby's autism that you don't really have to like, explain it because it kind of shows it. But in another way, um, like I would thought it, it has been quite hard with him not being able to speak as well. But I think that's it. It's that some things are simpler for us, and some things are much harder for us. And it's that that's that is it is what it is. You know that's that's the way life is. And I often think that actually. You know, because I know lots of families of, 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 who have autism within their mix. And it's not just my son who has autism in my family. I have two sisters and, you know, a mum and cousins. And, you know, there are lots there are lots and lots of folks on, in my family who are on the, on the spectrum of, in one way or another. Um, but there are also lots of families that I know of children who are more mildly impacted or more severely impacted and it's very variable but I listen to a lot of them and while yeah in, on paper Toby's autumn is really severe and his learning disability is really severe and that therefore the implication from that is that it's all bad it's all awful when actually I think a lot of young people who are perhaps less impacted from a learning point of view actually have a harder time because they're aware of their autism. Toby's oblivious. He doesn't give a monkeys about anything unless <laughs> he can't have his tablet or there's no snacks. Then it's the end of the world. Um, or you want to make him put shoes on. That's just obviously pure evil. Um, but I think that lots of young people who have a capacity to understand their difference have a far, far harder time because they have to, well, they, they can, 
they can sense that they're different. They feel that they're different, that they know that they're different. They know that they're being treated differently. They have ambitions that perhaps are harder to realise. Um, and I think that in some senses, I feel very lucky to be Toby's mum and that Toby is as oblivious to all of it as he is and he's as, he's as genuinely as happy he is. There are lots of people who have a real, real tough, tough time and I think that that's, it's really important that people know that it is hard to have autism or to be autistic and it is hard to have that in your family but that doesn't mean it's a tragedy it doesn't it doesn't that there are opportunities if we only enable people and give them the freedom and the acceptance and and include them definitely and like although that it can be easier if you're more severe to maybe not explain or if you do don't look like you have autism that you have to explain but i think at the end of the day we all have to explain and speak about autism like, even though it can be hard at first like i wouldn't say i spoke about it on awfully a lot when i was first diagnosed but now i'm speaking about it quite a lot which is it's good to speak about it because you find more people that have it and you know that you're not the only one absolutely not feeling alone in this world and feeling connected to other people is the most important thing there is so thanks for chatting yeah, to me i really enjoyed pleasure. it yeah it's been a, a really nice chat vicky because uh, i think we've like spoken a lot about autism and and and, and how it is like for, for everybody and like and like for like, toby and and like me explaining about a few of my different experiences with having autism well, I hope, hope the folks that listen, it, it helps them too. I hope definitely, so. Definitely. Well, well, thank you again, um, Vicky, and have a nice rest of the day. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>